Welcome to The Last Supper, a weekly podcast featuring emerging and established artists, galleries, curators and collectors in Asia. Hello, I'm your host Oscar Renhuis and in today's episode I met video artist Winchi Lam. We began this dialogue with her role at the M Plus Museum, why she identified herself with a fisherman, the foundation of creativity and we discussed the meaning of art. Learn more about art in Asia with Christie's Education in-person and virtual art courses, gallery visits and webinars. Visit Christie's Education website and enter all in capital letters Last Supper 15 to enjoy a 15% discount. The website link and discount code for Christie's Education can also be found in the description of this podcast. Hello, Winchi. Thanks for coming over to Shen Wang and how are you today? Well, I'm good. Yeah, just get off from work. Yes, before we started, we spoke about your work. So describe to me your role at the M Plus Museum here in Hong Kong. Yeah, I work in the learning and interpretation team. But actually, um, to describe my work, I have to say like every day I encounter many interesting people. They are from different backgrounds. Some of them are art people and some of them are cultural lovers. So we share very interesting ideas and like Every day I expand my knowledge and also ideas on the same thing. So I think like we believe multiple perspectives is very important. And also we think observation is a very key like skill for uh, people, especially young people, to establish their own thinking about the world and to build up their own philosophy to see their surroundings. And how would you describe yourself? Oh, to describe me, I would say I am a person who loves seeing the cityscape and scenery. You can imagine the people always travel around and sitting next to the window side to capture some cityscapes and urban landscape and think about what are the difference if we can look at it from a different perspective. So I can share my like very beginning work with you. So it is a video work named Look and See because I'm curious about the potential of using moving image to tell story. So the first experiment is to, I put a camera in front of a scenery. It is a scene that under a bridge in Chengyi. And then I just, set the frame and then pause the start button and then wait and wait and wait until I discover something then I pause the end button and then it makes my first directed or non-directed film. I saw this video work and when I looked at it I wondered about a very practical fact and I thought if it was recorded in one shot or how long did he had to wait to get this moving image? Uh, actually, it was an assignment, a homework that uh, from a moving image course, the basic requirement is just make a video with cutting. So I simply make one cut. So it is a non-edited version, maybe just turn it into black and white. I, I think it's around eight minutes. 
but I decide when to begin and when to stop. And why did you choose to avoid color and record this in black and white? Oh, because for me, black and white would be more focused on the details and also the spatial elements. It's a very instant thought to turn it as black and white. When I looked at your work, they all appear to have a common theme, which are very simple daily activities and events. Can you also speak more where your interest for the mundane is coming from? Well, my discovery from that work is that I perceive myself as a fisherman because when you look at that video, you can see there are lots of things passing by under the bridge. For example, a huge sheep, a bird flying into the frame and out of the frame and you can see the wave of the sea and then there is a man coming into my frame in the middle and then when you look a little bit longer you can see he start putting out the stick for fishing and then he actually wait and wait for a few minutes and finally he catch a fish and then move out to the frame. And then it makes me think that being a videographer is actually like a fisherman. So I just wait for my subject matter to come in and then being open to encounter every possibilities and then capture something I found it is interesting or stunning and then just leave. That's a really great metaphor for your own work approach. You wait and see what you catch at the right moment. So there must be many moments as well that you don't catch anything. Yeah, I have many clips in my like computer. And also I have many moments that I thought I can catch something, but turn out there's nothing. But actually when I return to my computer or laptop when I revisit the video clips I can always find something and even if I watch that video in a different minute different hour or maybe 10 months later I always discover something new I think that's the magic or power of moving image that you encounter that experience differently when you watch it in a different time or place I think you just said that you revisit your work multiple times and there is always something you find depending on the time and context. Why do you think that you don't notice certain things while at other times you do? The intention to capture that video is to capture something that passed under the bridge and I was focused on like how many birds or sheep like came by the bridge. So while I was capturing the scene, I did not notice there's a man at the backstage. So that was a discovery after I revisit the video in my laptop. That's really fascinating because the man was the first person I noticed in your work. But I do have to admit that he was really small because I watched it on my mobile phone. So there was this really tiny little dot that appeared to be a man. The ships are impossible to miss because they fill a substantial part of the screen. So if you don't mind, I'd like to talk more about your work approach. 
on your website you state her role as an image maker is to create a situation that gives the audience a viewing experience opens up a conversation with that which was captured and generates new meaning when you refer to opens up a conversation is this the conversation between you and the viewer or the conversation between the viewer and your work i think i think it's definitely both of the options for sure the viewer experience what i had experienced because i set the frame and i focus on certain elements and i capture it in a certain time and moments but i think my videos like it opens up an experience for viewers to share their own feelings or they can have their own interpretation to the scenery that they encountered in their daily life because what i've captured is not something special it's some it's just some daily scenes that you can also see in your daily life like taking a bus or taking an MTR trip and also maybe you just sit near the park and observe some street lamps that we went off and on so there are just surroundings that yeah you can see maybe near your home and workplace the really simple happenings during a day that most people seem to take for granted have these moments always captured your attention your question makes me think of my experience when i was in kindergarten i always loved to read some books with aerial illustration or aerial image that capture the neighborhood like i i'm always curious of what people doing inside their home that kind of illustration related to the theme of neighborhood or community i don't know if you can imagine or not and during my college i like doing sketching and still life drawing that i would spend maybe an hour to observe a plant i think that training like gives me patience for my observation i think it's a very natural thing for me i was a quiet person while i was in primary and secondary school I guess it's my personality. I've once read an article called Everyday's Creativity and the writer shared that normally people think that creativity is about invention or creating something new or say something that no one has ever said before. But actually from his point of view, he shared that if one day you come home with a new route or you just choose a different transportation to go home you encounter that something you've never been experienced before that's creativity even someone had done it before i know you took the bus today from your work to this place do you take different ways and modes of transportation to foster this creativity that you described uh actually i stick to the same routine because like many hong kongers we are living in a very busy like lifestyle but i think um during the routine i always look for some breakthrough or changes so 
it gives me excitement or it refresh my day-to-day life. So I always capture that something that is unusual for me. For example, in 2017 to 2018, I start capturing some non-functional street lamps that it will went off and on from time to time. And then I start collecting them by making video recordings in front of these objects for 15 to 20 minutes to wait until it went on again. And then I use the same method to capture some non-functional signage on the bus. Like somehow the roadshow or the notice board of the destination, it will went blank or it will show a different text. So I just capture these these scenes with my mobile phones. So my practice is begin from collecting things that looks different from their usual status or condition. We talked about fishing. Have you ever tried it yourself? I've catch prawns. So one observation I've made is that since COVID, there are way more people who started fishing. And I still see them on Lama Island, but also in Central at the pier. I don't know if that was because of the people just having more time or because of the economy not doing so well. I see entire families fishing all day. And I guess when you fish... You have all these accessories uh, like fishing rods, the bait, the chairs, the fishing jackets and so on. There's this endless amount of accessories which Hong Kong people seem to have a real obsession for as well. Yeah, and actually I imagine while while I was fishing, my minds are free. I can like think whatever I, I like to. I think the experience is quite similar uh, with watching my videos <laughs> or like watching daily scenery from a bus or a car or driving. Today it's on your mobile phone. It is really easy to record all the daily activities and experiences. Do you archive all of them and do you even have time to watch anything else? I, I don't like... I think. In my daily life, I use mobile phones, but at some point, I I have intentions to take certain sceneries. So I will take my camera out with me when I'm sure that I have to capture that moment. But those imper- inspirations come from my daily observation. So normally, I will start with mobile phone or memories. And then if I remember that something happened in a certain moment, I will have a very a better planning that I will take my camera with me or even tripod to find the subject I want to capture. So you go back when you spot something interesting? Yeah, I revisit the place, just like I revisit my videos. Just keep looking and then look for look for some meanings. I think my practice is beginning with collecting raw materials and then keep looking at the materials 
and then revisiting them, thinking what are the meanings of why I'm curious on these materials, like to sort of figure my mind during my editing process. When you decide to revisit a place, does it need to meet a specific requirement for you to do this? What else can you tell me about why you would decide to return to a spot? Mm, I think, for example, I record some non-functional street lamps. I think of the meaning of being a broken street lamp at night because I think in a very fast-pacing city or in a city that requires something that is has to be functional, is there any buffer for an object to be broken or is there a buffer for people to just simply take a rest? So, for example, I made a scene called ZZZ, actually the symbol of sleeping. I encounter a bus that is broken and it just stopped at a very busy road in Kuntong, in Kuntong Road around 6 p.m. And then its indicator of the bus road is just simply shows ZZZ, which is sleeping. And then I found it's very interesting and humanistic. It gives me a sense of it is just like a human. So I think what capture or what makes me curious is that some objects with a very human feeling. So I think that's what captured my attention. And also think of like, can we have a different lifestyle in a very fast and yeah, in a very fast pacing city or in a city that require efficient or accuracy. When I look at your work, what fascinates me is the context of your work because when people think of Hong Kong, they typically associate this with a frantic, super busy place full of energy and excitement. Your work appears to portray a very different side, an entirely different tempo. Do you create this work in response to the pressures? and fast-paced lifestyle we have in Hong Kong. Or what more can you say about this apparent paradox of Hong Kong? I like to capture the rhythm that belongs to a city. So you can imagine maybe the speed of a bus is different from Hong Kong or to another city. So I think vehicles somehow is very important because in a city, it vehicles have their own speed and tempo. And I like to being an observer and capture the rhythm from that because I literally, I have to sit inside that vehicle, no matter bus or MTR. And I just press the like stop button and the end button. I just move along the vehicle. So the windows of the vehicles are actually the camera or the screen from a movie theater. So I just move along and then capture the light and the shadows that the cityscapes create for me. 
when you edit your video, do you deliberately edit this on a specific speed and tempo of movement of the objects in your work? Mm. I think, I think as my video doesn't have any, like the majority of my videos don't have any sound. So I just cut it based on the transition of the scenery. So for example, like the, oh, for example, I had a work that captured the two MTR trains encounter each other inside the tunnel. There's some moment they come close and then separate in a different well way. And then I think in that video, I just simply capture the time that they encounter each other and then disappear again. So I'm not very conscious about the time for cutting, but it's a very instant thought and feeling while I'm cutting them and piecing them together. I noticed that you seem to have a particular tempo of movements in your work. I wonder if this is a deliberate act. I'm aware that it's quite synchronized, like all of my videos, the mood and the rhythm and tempo, because I've once exhibited all, I think almost half of my videos in an art space in Futak building. And then, yeah, and then when people saw my video at a glance, like inside one exhibition space, they kind of feel the, like the mood and how I, like how I, mingle around <laughs> in the mundane scenes and like how I being an observer to observe this daily scenery. I have a small favor to ask that will make a big impact. I offer this podcast at zero cost. I'm doing this to promote art in Asia and offer different viewpoints. If you like this, please subscribe give it a star rating and share this podcast with anyone who you believe can benefit from listening to this podcast as well. Many thanks and let's continue. Let's move on to another project, which is Roadshow. What can you say about this project and work that you created last year in 2022? Yeah, the Roadshow series, I've developed two series uh, for the work called Roadshow. The first one is an experiment that during COVID time, just very seldom people go out of the street. And I took a bus from, I think from the Chinese university station is a very short bus road. And then I get on the second floor of the bus and that time was about 4 p.m. in the afternoon. You can imagine sunshine go through the trees and then project on the bus. And then you can see on the bus floor, there are shadow of the trees and also the buildings outside and also the car seats. And then when the bus move, there's a very beautiful rhythm that like very stunning. And somehow it makes me think of, oh, this is a song belongs to the city during the COVID moment. And then I began like capture the 
the scene inside the bus or capture the moments where people are riding on a bus. And then the roadshow too serious. I start interviewing my friends about what are your favorite bus roads? What time would you recommend me to ride on the bus? And which particular seat you will share with me? And then I can encounter or capture something. You don't have to tell me what will I encounter. So I piece different bus roads together because some of my friends, they don't know each other, but they share the same route with me. So that is a kind of collective memories about riding on bus in Hong Kong, traveling around the cities. And also it makes me think of during the transition moment, you don't have to do something. Actually, you can do nothing during that time from your busy work. You just have you just have a destination, but during the one hour or even longer, you're actually free. Your minds are free. You don't have to reply to someone. Maybe you're in a rush, but you can take a break during that time. So I think that moment is very fascinating for me. And I'm curious what people do during the transition time. I actually took some recordings on bus, on how people talk on the bus, but I didn't publish. I record some people mentioned about the meaning of life or maybe talking about their hometown far away in Taiwan. So I'm collecting stories about daily life, but captured in a public transport. <laughs> and what do passengers say about the meaning of life on a bus ride? Not intentionally, but just maybe talking on phone or talking with their friend. The topics can be very broad. Yeah, just like hearing broadcasts, you can hear different channels and people talking about their life, their work, complaining, <laughs> their boss, <laughs> or worrying about their children at school, something like that. And what do you typically do when you commute to and from work? Oh, actually, the majority of time I look at my phone. <laughs> but I remember one time when I was intentionally captured a sunset from a bus from Fanning to Central. Before I take out my camera, the, there's an elderly sitting next to me at the very first row on the bus. She took out her camera to capture the sunset. Too. So I think it's very good that we share the same thought. Have you always made these recordings in Hong Kong or are you doing this as well when you are overseas? Oh, last month I went to an art, art residence program in Japan, in Fukuoka. But I also start with the idea about capturing daily scenery from transportation. So I took bus trip every day. But I've observed that there's a huge difference of like buses in two places. In Fukuoka, the bus road is very um, stable and also people won't talk on the bus. It's very quiet and the bus driver wear a microphone and he or she will remind passenger like, uh, 
the bus will turn left. Um, be careful. Um, take care of your elderly and children. And the next station is blah blah blah. So it's very, <laughs> it's very different. And yeah, for me, it's very new. And also, the pacing is even more slow. I don't I, because there's not many highway in the downtown, and also there are many traffic lights. And normally, driver will like give the path to the uh, tip to the people walking on the street, so it will stop very frequently. Unlike Hong Kong, some bus will drive very fast, and then there are lots of bridges and highways goes up and down. And also the huge difference is we have double deck. We have second floor of the bus in Hong Kong that you can have a slightly different perspective looking at the city. You can look very far away. So we have spoken at length about the large double deckers in Hong Kong. What about the mini buses? Do you take them as well, or do you only travel by the large city buses here in Hong Kong? Oh, the mini bus! I think for me, mini bus is not a very enjoyable <laughs> place because I've always being very nervous about like when to get off the mini bus. I have to like tell the driver when to stop and or maybe give some way to other passengers. And usually the route is very short, maybe just one to two stop from my home to the MTR station. Well, for people who are not familiar with the bus system here in Hong Kong, I actually really like the mini buses because they stop anywhere if you ask them. Whereas the official public city buses, they have a fixed routes and bus stops. So if you want to stop somewhere in between, that is just not possible. With a mini bus, you can stop ask anywhere between if you ask them. Oh, before you get on a mini bus, you have to like prepare your octopus car. Or cash, and then when you get on, you you have to find a seat, yeah. And then before you get off, you have to think about oh, I'm about to tell the driver <laughs> when to stop. So I think is the experience is much more busy than I like take the bus. Is your bus your favorite mode of transport, and do you take the MTR as well? I think I don't have a favorite one because it depends on. My working routine or living routine, the MTR one was captured uh, in two thousand and fifteen or sixteen because at that time I was living in Jordan, and MTR is the major transportation um, for me to going to school, and then after that I moved to Liking on a hill or like. I moved to Liking um, to a place that is not near the MTR station, so that I was forced to take bus. But before that, I'm not a fan of taking bus. So the lifestyle or working style changed my daily routine. So the subject matters change. Earlier, you described your experience in Japan as well. When you decided to go, did he have a itinerary, 
or how do you approach a new project? I think that's my practice that I don't start with any. I have a very rough framework, and then I just I just open my eyes and capture whatever I can capture, and then come back to think about what materials I can make use of. But maybe next time I I I have to be more like conscious, or I have to set some intention, because as you said, maybe I don't have any discovery. Um, during the process of collecting raw materials, yeah. So somehow I have to spend more time than I expect to develop to develop a new work. So usually, I need maybe half a year or maybe a year or longer to finish one work, or maybe just ten minutes, just like the video of like capturing. The fisherman, yeah, it's hard to tell. And I'm curious, what do your friends and family say when you make these recordings of very ordinary and daily activities around you? Ah,、uh, I remember one time when I was capturing the street lamps. Some neighbors like. They're curious about what am I looking at, and then I explain to my neighbors that I'm capturing some street lamps that are not functional. <laughs> Just literally describe what I was capturing, and then they said, "Oh, your camera looks expensive. How much is it? Where you brought them?" I don't think they understand, but I think my work is not to convince. People about oh that is important. Look at that, but I think it's very open for people to feel something or feel nothing. Yeah. When people look at your work, how do they respond? And what is the typical feedback? I remember some people will say, "Oh, I encountered that scene before. I saw it too." And then this kind of response will make me feel very happy. Because I think everyone can do it. It's not something special, but when you pay attention and if you have that awareness to observe your sur- surroundings, you can always find something that is meaningful or something new to you. And if my friend or the visitors have that like awareness, I think it's totally okay. Yeah. So, what appears to be central to your work is meaning making, which you also emphasize on your website. How does meaning making play a role in your work? Is this something you think of very deliberately when you produce a video? I think so, because I think I'm still looking for how to summarize my art practice within one and two sentence. But I had some. Instant thought about the key works of my art practice is about observation, like is about awareness to your surrounding, is about seeing things in a different perspectives maybe. And why do you think it is relevant to see things from a different perspective and viewpoint? I think it's a foundation of creativity because. In the world or in the earth, 
there's there's nothing new under the sun. Yeah, there's a saying that. So, but if we can generate new feelings from the daily life, you can always experience something new. And then, I think that's what new ideas or interesting ideas come from. And I think many good philosophers or philosophy also come from observation and then thinking about what are the meanings of what I have seen. Yeah. So I think seeing is a very powerful tool. When you refer to creating new meaning, what is the context of this? Are you exploring how you develop meaning or how the audience makes meaning or both? How does this process of meaning making informs your work? I think somehow the viewer's feedback will inform me, oh, actually, I don't have to look at the same thing in that way. Maybe their sharing will open up how I see these things. And then at that time, maybe I will like twist about the title or the the way to present the work in a different way. So you can see on my website, I seldom show the installation view. I, I just simply show the video itself. But actually, some of the works are being exhibited in several times. And then every time I base on the comments, I slightly change about the setup. And so for the roadshow series, in the second edition, I tried presented in a real roadshow monitor that are being taken out from some bus that are demolished. So the context will be more, I think, suitable for that video. And yeah, for example, the video of Look and See, it was originally presented in a very small TV, but then at a time, there is an event that collaborate with an orchestra or some like violin or piano performer. And then that video was being exhibited in Victor Hall or like a movie center. And it will show almost a life size. And then some music will play along when the video screened. So that's a very different experience. So I always change the set of, of displaying the video. But every time I think, I think it's interesting because somehow it will create a different feelings when you look at the work in a different setting. Now, we have talked about meaning making for yourself and for the audience, but what is the meaning for you to make art? Or what is art for? Mm, I think that is a very hard or difficult question to answer. What is art for? I think, oh, I remember many students will ask what is art? while. I was working in a museum, introducing many great artworks or ideas with them. And for me, I think artists are people that will think about their life or they have a self-reflection ability. 
they will think about can we do another way or can we not doing that? Yeah, somehow they will not just simply consume the products, but think about what can we bring to other people. So I think art can make us reflect and think more, or maybe just step out of the room, or maybe just try a new taste. Or try a new flavor of a coffee. <laughs> I think it's about possibilities, and in that way, like being effective, which means you will not stick to the old way, and you can explore many possibilities in different field or different like aspect, so that yeah. You won't get bored. <laughs> I'm a person who gets bored easily. I'm not that person get easily bored. Yeah. Do you remember the last time you were bored? I think maybe in a meeting or something. <laughs> What makes me bored? Wow, I think the questions get very difficult. <laughs> It's hard to answer. I th- I think it depends on what context. Yeah. Maybe something that is not interested for me. For example, if you ask me to watch a football match, I maybe it will bore me because I don't have interest in it. The reason why I ask you this question is that some viewers may find your work boring. The work of your streetlights, for example, that flickers on and off, could be a really boring piece of work. So. My exploration is about the concept of boredom and what makes something boring. Is it a matter of attitude and perspective? Do you find, for example, f- a football match really boring because you don't have an interest, whereas other people find it the, probably the most exciting game to see twenty-two people running around and chasing a ball for one and a half hours. So. If you are bored in a meeting, but would be able to shift your perspective, let's say you would take the role of a researcher or observer, would the same meeting become more interesting? Yeah, I think it is because the the mode of treating the thing. For example, when I capture something on a bus, my role is an artist or. I'm an observer, so everything becomes interesting for me. <laughs> yeah, but like you said, when I was in the minibus or if I was watching a football match, maybe when I switch off the observation mode, things will become bored for me. Another project you did in 2021, a few years ago, was for Tycoon in Hong Kong. Can you speak more about this work? It's a piece called Thinking Studio that、uh, I was being invited to, like, dive into Harbeck Chun's archive. He was a, a emerging artist in Hong Kong that are famous with self-taught art practice. He tried an experience. Experiment many art practice from sculptures, photographies, 
and also、uh, pre-making and also some ink work, and he also collects a lot of things. is very huge. The amounts he put all his things inside his studio in Tokawan, and after he passed away, his belongings, archives, and All the stuffs are being like transported into a new place, and also distributed or col- being collected by different institutions. And then I was being invited to capture or just look for something that is related to him. So the theme is not fixed. I can do whatever I want as an artist. So I think from That work, I start looking at his photographies because I am interested in landscape media, and then from his photographies, I start knowing him、um, as a observer, just like me, like to capture some daily scenery from his life near Tokawan in the park on the streets. And also, I start reading his diary and letters, and capture some sentence that how he thinks about art and how he explored art and the relation between art and his life. And then I capture some sentence and then match with his photographies and also the images that he cut from newspaper or magazines, and then form into a journey, just like a visual diary that. Like from how he observed the world and how these observations transformed into different medium of artworks, like from raw materials to some collage work and to sculptures, some ink art and also some sketching and drawings. And I named the work Thinking Studio because it's a journey of how one person. Perceive his surrounding and then distill his thinking through art practices. And what else are you working on? There's a dual show coming up. It's also an opportunity for me to develop, for example, roadshow special to develop roadshow free, but it's still being progress. It's in progress. So. And how is this workshop number three different than the previous two? I think I will add more narrate narratives from the interviews, because, like you said, I always look for meanings from the works. And actually, during the development of my art practice, I also try different mediums or different tools of capturing the cityscape. For example, I was being invited to do a commission with a three sixty degree camera, and also one time I attend a workshop that everyone use a drone to capture the cityscape. So I actually experienced different tools,、uh, land space tools to capture the scene. And after that, I want to push myself a little bit further to. Like try a new way of storytelling apart from my old practice. So I use found footage to 
and also found footage and also found image on the internet to tell a folk story about a turtle, a sea turtle slightly coming from the peak to the Victoria Harbor and about the islands is going to like the islands is sinking. Yeah. Is there anything else you want to address? Uh, may I ask you about what is your favorite bus road in Hong Kong? Oh, really good question. I'm not sure if this is my favorite one, but it is a bus that I do take quite often. It is the bus, express bus from Central or Macau Terminal to the other side of Hong Kong Island in Taiwan. It goes through the city and then over the highway along the Victoria Harbour. It's a really quick ride of, I think, about 20 minutes. And the reason why I take this bus is that this is the fastest way to get to my paper supplier. And I really like the transition from city to highway, the ocean view, and then back into the city all within 20 minutes. So it's a practical journey, but very enjoyable as well. Yeah. Just like me. <laughs> okay, let's delve into the last question of today. If you were to have your last supper, who would you invite and why? I think I would invite Heiwa Wong. She was the artist that exhibit with me in a duo show in October. And then many people share that his work, like her works, looks quite similar with me. I, I mean, the mood, the temper, the rhythm. So we actually did an exhibition called Daily Dailyscape. Yeah. So maybe I'll invite her. Many thanks, Wincy, for coming over after your work and enjoy your bus trip back home. Thanks, Oscar. That's it for today, and thank you for listening to this podcast of The Last Supper with video artist Wingxi Lam. If you like this show about art in Asia, show your support by giving us a star rating and subscribing to this podcast. That's it, but don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at thelastsupper.asia. Also, send me a message if you have questions, suggestions and new subjects about art in Asia. And if you don't have pen and paper handy, more information about each episode can be found in this podcast description and on the website www.thelastsupper.asia.